Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to the first edition of the August shows that I've got planned here for around the Hearn. There are not a lot of things going on yet. We're just uh, at the start of the golf season here for the uh, fall. A couple weeks away from a soccer season, from football season, from cross country. And those things getting started, we'll have a, a couple of preview episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks, hopefully before the uh, seasons kick off with some coaches. And there are some tremendous football coaches, a couple of soccer coaches already on the show working on getting some more and uh, trying to get those out. But uh, today, we're going to talk kind of about broadcasting and kind of about the uh, reporting side of uh, games. We've got a uh, terrific duo. I was trying to think of the nicest way that I could put this in at Nate Stidham and also in Jose Nogueras, who uh, is not in Lima anymore. If you haven't heard, he uh, finds himself in Texas, and pretty much he's on the partying path, chasing fish all the way around the country. But those two come in and talk for a while about uh, their careers and kind of being on different ends of the spectrum. So I hope you enjoy those in just a couple of minutes. Uh, not a lot of things, like I said, going on so far. The one big thing that is taking place in golf in the uh, high school era. The GMC beat the uh, BBC 24-15. They do kind of a Ryder Cup today in the uh, matchups that they have a couple of days ago. Kaysen Kaufman at Fairview shot a 68, which was even par, and not only that, broke a handful of school records. The 18-hole record, the 9-hole record, career birdies with three of them on the day, and uh, just a uh, terrific start already. Already uh, number one in career pars, pars in a season. It's a senior, by the way, is Kaysen. Lowest 18-hole average for a season, and that's uh, that's just something to build on. Look at the uh, boys' golf side of it. Minster beat Bath, Shawnee, uh, St. Henry, and Allen East at Colonial a couple of days ago. Jack Meyer from Minster outshot his teammate Bryce Pringer with a uh, 73 and a 74. Parker Judy, also a medalist. With a 75 for Lima Central Catholic, maybe the uh, biggest news of the area, the uh, top five schools now for Ottawa Glendorf senior Colin White, who's been on the show a couple of times and I suspect probably will be again in the uh, near future. He's got his uh, school list down to five. Unfortunately, West Virginia did not make the list. They had some things there with Bobby Huggins, but Northwestern, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Butler, and TCU among that list, and of that group, if you haven't been paying attention to uh, realignment, you kind of wonder where everybody will be by the time he gets there with the uh, Oregon and Washington news coming out the last couple of days. He's waiting to find out, and then uh, the Lima Locos win the uh, GLSCL title for the seventh time. That's what you'll hear about here in uh, just a, a little bit. Xavier Simpson from Lima Senior is now a member of at least the uh, G League affiliate in the Motor City Cruise under the Detroit Pistons, but he's got a uh, a deal that will possibly allow him to earn a roster spot in a, coming out of training camp. And then uh, the one uh, big uh, takeaway from uh, episodes that we've had here on this show, Madison Wendell from Coldwater, after a coaching change, left Marshall. She's now going to head to uh, Central Michigan. And uh, maybe the biggest thing, Christ Damon. From Versailles, the uh, San Diego Padres pitcher retired after a uh, brilliant career 
as well. And that's pretty much what's going on in the area, getting ready for the start of the uh, fall season. I hope you enjoy these interviews. If you don't, at Wienerman46 on Twitter is the complaint department, as always. More in a few. Lee Kinsel Sales and Service, 650 West Urban Road. New Chevys, Buicks, GMCs, and all your pre-owned vehicles. We've got an award-winning service department and an award-winning parts department. What a great team. 866-LEE-KINSEL, LeeKinsel.com, 650 West Urban Road, Van Wert, Ohio. Come see us and you'll leave happy. There's nothing like a Kinsel deal. We've been in business for over 50 years and looking forward to the next 50. 650 West Urban Road, Lee Kinsel Sales and Service. Come on over, Lima Land. I've been trying to figure out for a couple of days since this person begged me on this show about how I was going to introduce them. And I came up with many ways. Not many of them are appropriate, uh, especially based on a conversation we just had. But uh, no longer in the uh, Lima world, on a permanent vacation, just traveling around like he's Carmen Sandiego. Jose Nagaris, I don't know how else to, uh, to welcome you to the show. Oh, well, begging me to be me to be on your show. I don't know about that because you know how much I really loathe and despise you. But uh, no, I decided to throw you a bone and give you my insights into the great world of the Lima Land world of sports. And I hate using the word Lima Land, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, Northwest Ohio. Thank you. We use the made-up West Central Ohio. Lime area, uh, I don't know. Lima land, yeah, yeah, we know. We, yeah. It's all the same. I hated thing. that. Um, yeah. Let's our center plus like sixty five miles. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Whatever you want to decide, but I know a lot of people don't like to be associated with Lima. Let's this is not a this is not a geography uh, <laughs> podcast. There are those for the nerds that are tuning in for that, but. Hey, no, my just, son won the geography beat two years in a row. Let's not. <laughs> rip on those geography nerds too much. <laughs> oh, well, I said I hope they're tuning in. We're tra- we're going for a whole new audience. Uh, it is crazy, though. I mean, we were joking about that, but just remember, I have receipts. Kids call them screenshots. I can just tweet that out, and we can see uh, you know who who actually needs to be on the show, but I have a show. I can just talk to myself. There you go. Well, be a do horrible what you need interview. to do. <laughs> I've, d- I've done that. I do that pretty much every day when I try to talk to my two-year-old daughter. There you go. She's probably a better interview than I am, I'm sure. Uh, she might, she's probably a better interviewer than her dad is. <laughs> That's for sure. She's heads and shoulders above us and probably more technologically uh, advanced than both of us combined. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the crazy thing. And I know, obviously, a little bit different with your son being older that he's kind of near the front half of that generation with uh, where technology is, but it's crazy to just look at and go, how did you get to these weird YouTube videos on my phone? And I gave it to you like 13 seconds ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. And trying to delve into that world. You know, I came from a whole different world, but even I have done a YouTube video with my friends talking about music. So trying to enter that world, Failing for the most part, I would say. Not really failing, but learning, growing things. So, yeah, you know, you guys have it a lot better off than we did. You know, as much as people want to rail against technology, it helped in every aspect, even in our job. You know, as much as the old curmudgeons like myself, well, technology and this and that, it's really helped immensely in the coverage of all sports. So, well, but 
let's look at that for a second because you're a newspaper guy by trade that's been doing this for quite a while. And in your 30 plus years, things have, you know, changed from, all right, I got to get up in the morning because the paper boy brought me the paper. It's at the news box on the corner. Look it up kids. Or, you know, what have you, you know, watch TV, get stuff, whatever. But now everything's so instantaneous and everything has gone from newspapers are downsizing to you get it on your phone, you get it on, I'm going to say Twitter because the other one's insane. And, you know, you also go to the paywall stuff. I mean, how was that to to kind of look at and go, all right, old Jose is looking at me just kind of like, what the hell is going on? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's definitely a change and an adjustment. And as a reporter, of course, I wasn't used to that. You know, when I first did my first story, I used to write them out longhand and then recite them to, a, on a, if it was an away game, recite them to a person on the other end of the phone, and they typed them in. But as the computers became more prevalent, as this system, be, as Twitter became more of, you know, of a thing, and the Internet obviously was changed everything, you have to adjust or you get left behind. And unfortunately, that's what happened to a lot of the newspapers, is that they were having the big boom in the 90s and thought this is going to last forever. And here's the little secret. Craigslist is what really kind of destroyed the newspaper because it took away their classifieds, which used to be the backbone of all newspapers. So all of a sudden you have Craigslist just stealing away, not stealing away, people going to there for free instead of having to pay for classifieds. All of a sudden now newspapers can't, you know, have that money. So now you have to adjust. On the as, And in that same vein, as a reporter, you have people breaking news on Twitter, on the Internet. And you were used to you used to be the guy who scoops stories and people would have to wait in the morning for that scoop. That doesn't happen anymore. Now it's instantaneous, like you said. So, you know, if you didn't adjust to that, then you were kind of left behind. And sure, a lot of reporters did. But I've seen a lot of reporters also make the adjustment now, kicking and screaming, of course. And we don't do it as well as the younger generation does, you know. Let's take a, a Mike Burwell who gives you a whole paragraph on a Twitter or at a game. I'll give you the score. So, yeah, it's a little more tougher, but you, you reporters nowadays have to be social media savvy, have to be, you know, have to have that kind of mentality. And they do for the most part, the newer ones. But again, that did crush the newspaper business as a whole because, and even when the Lyman News went to two days, and one of the, I won't say one of the reasons why I left, but all of a sudden, we weren't the leading news source anymore. You know, if we're coming out two days a week, how are we? And people, a lot of our, uh, right. <laughs> and a lot of our audience was older. I don't want to put everyone in pigeon, but a lot of our audience is older. Now, we're not the number one source in Lima anymore for news, in my, in my opinion. So, again, that's, you, you make a great point that, yeah, you have to adjust to the new technology or you get left behind. And that's what happened to the newspapers. I mean, it's kind of silly for a, a newspaper to go to two days a week. Yeah, you can complain about all the printing costs, printing costs, but then all of a sudden, those using the social media aspect of it, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, they're not looking at your your site first for the news. They'll find it every, somewhere else. You know, hey, you. It's like one guy told me once, uh, and this was about twenty years ago at a convention. How many people pick up the newspaper once in the morning? But how many people scroll through Facebook fifteen times? So it's true, and you know that's crazy. Right. I had never actually thought about your point about the 
the classifieds. I'd never thought about that way of. That's right. Uh, that's crazy to think something that is so unconnected to, let's say, Lima Locos coverage or, you know, whatever, really made such a big difference with just kind of how everything, I don't want to say de-evolved, but how it kind of changed that way. Well, of course. We're, it's a money-driven. We're, uh, newspapers are all money-driven, just like any of the media outlets are money-driven. Now, all of a sudden, you can't pay for that extra reporter. Now, the, the Lima News, back in their heyday in the 90s, had five full-time reporters covering stories and stringers and photographers. By the time I got there in, what, uh, 2015 it was, I had a desk guy, I had Jim Nabeau, and I had the stringers of Altstetter and uh, Usher. And uh, no, there was a full-time photographer, but they let him go. And all this go, uh, goes down to money. It's all about the money. And if you can't pay these extra people, well, where's the first place they cut? They think they need to cut the new staff. And then everybody suffers because of that. You know, the number one complaint from a lot of people when I when I was a sports editor at Lima News was, you don't cover us like you used to. Well, how can I? The system is broken for me already by the time I got there. When you have five reporters, you can cover a, a, a lot of games. Now I have three guys. And Nouveau's not there during the football season. So, of course, you're not, we're not going to give you the same quality coverage. Now, we did our, the best that we could, but because of the financial constraints, because they're not making money on the other end, you know, and that was just the beginning of, you know, first it was classified. Then all of a sudden, cars, you know, car dealerships. Why do we have to put a full-page ad in, in the newspaper that costs us $1,000 when we can just advertise online? So that's how you lost the newspapers lost the battle, you know, for money. Well, it's funny because I would always say to people, they say, oh, I don't understand where the, the Lima News is in here. I said, I saw Jose last night. I'll probably see him tomorrow. It's a different game. You want me to complain to him? They said, it won't yeah. matter. I'm like, yeah, you're right. He probably won't care. Well, again, we, we take that and you take it to heart. And as a, as a reporter and as the sports editor, I, you know, took pride in what we covered and what we didn't cover. And, I like to go out and cover things. Here's a little secret, and maybe I'm, you know, talking out of out of out of school here. But at one point, they told me don't cover Van Wert County or Hardin County, and I told them that's not going to happen. There are too many schools there that we can't. Now we'll give them what we can, but you can't tell me not to cover a school in our area when you've done this for almost, you know, you're you know, hundred years, and all of a sudden you just don't want to cover them because we don't have the resources now. Again, like you said, we can't make every game. You know, on a football Friday night, how many games are there? You know, 15, you know, and then basketball, 30, about 30 boys and 30 girls, you know, so for school. So, yeah, we couldn't do it, but we tried to give you the best possible coverage. But, and I tried to, you know, go out there and try to cover the smaller schools, but it, it, it's not easy. And like you said, people think that we didn't care. That's, complete opposite we cared too much and you know there's a lot of sleepless nights and again people would complain to me and i understand that you can only explain to them so much on how the system works but again i can't explain to them the the history of why classifieds don't work anymore or why people don't buy obituaries anymore or, or things of that nature or you know why car dealerships don't get full page ads because they don't want to hear that all they want to hear is why aren't you here why aren't you covering us because <laughs> there's know? only one of me Right. Yeah, uh, they want their kids, and I and I get it. You know, of course, these kids deserve the coverage, and it's tough when, especially 
and he always just say, hey, he says, hey, every playoff game is going to be on Friday night. Oh, dear God. <laughs> As a newspaper person, you despise that immensely. You're like, hey, this is going to kill us. Because As a broadcaster, you despise it like, too, trust me. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it's those kind of things that put you in such a quandary. I think and people, again, think we don't care or we only cover the big schools, you know, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. We try to cover the best games, but oftentimes you couldn't get to the best game because we just didn't have the resources. Right. Or there's 80 other people at the best game, and you kind of look at it and go, well, I hate to do this. I really want to be at, you know, Team A versus Team B, but, you know, C versus L – Nobody's covering that game. Like those kids deserve coverage too. Why should I go somewhere when everybody else is going to be there? You can like I'm not trying to to push you to read or listen to somebody else, but it makes no sense for me to be there shoved in that press box when I can go over here. There's nobody there, and these kids are getting no coverage. Yeah, and I'll offer another little insight. During the playoffs, what we tended to do, and during the regular season, what we tended to do is cover the lesser teams, the teams, you hate to say this, that we knew weren't going to be in the playoffs or who, uh, when the when the postseason started, who were going to make a strong run. Let's say, let's say like St. Mary's. Of course, I'm not going to cover your first two games, especially now with all these teams making it. I know St. Mary's is going to blow people out pretty much in the first couple of games. What I don't know is what Hard Northern might do in their first round or what Upper Scioto Valley might do in their first round. So we were more inclined to, okay, let's cover them. Let's give them the, their coverage. Now, if they happen to go on a run, great, you know, but I always knew, you always knew Wapak or St. Mary's, they're going to go further than most of those schools right. because it's just the way that that system built. Well, and he had that know. a couple of years ago because when Hard Northern sort of, you know, came back from what everyone thought would be the death knell of their program, and they made that big run, that's that's a better, uh, quote-unquote, better or a sexier story than, you know, St. Mary's blowing out a team by 40. That's right. You're exactly right, and that's what we try to do. And, I, you know, in, in USC, I covered a lot. They had good, solid teams, and they would. And it's even more exciting to cover a team that gets their first playoff win. You know, like remember Perry about five years when they started making the playoffs, and then they got their first playoff win. That's a lot better story, like you said, than St. Mary's blowing someone out. I mean, it's just a better story, and those kids deserve that coverage. Of like, you did great in the you know in the regular season, and now you got this icing on the cake. You know, yeah, sure, they might lose their next game to a MAC team because that's usually what happens. <laughs> but you know, especially in our small area, right. you know, that's what happens. So. Yeah, let's give them a little coverage. Let's give them some props for doing what they did and for winning that first game. So I always found that, you know, a, a much better story and pretty fascinating. Do I, did I purposely want to ignore everybody? Of course not. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm probably someone's going to stop me or hate me now on Twitter because I <laughs> we use St. Mary's as an example. Look, I, oh, love wow. doing, I love doing St. Mary's. I love the passion of that fan base. Uh, especially working at the new field, it's got air conditioning. You know that's what it, really what I need. Um, but you know, high school is so crazy as a generality because there's so many different things. And I have said for years that the purpose of this podcast was to try to maybe get things out there that people didn't 
wake up talking about, whether they were reading the paper, whether they were reading Twitter or listening to the radio or whatever. And, you know, it's just unfortunately hadn't worked that way with like tennis or, uh, you know, track and cross country. I, or wrestling, I don't have a lot of access to these people. And that's the kind of thing where I'm like, all right, everybody's going to go, well, what a big story. All right. Football, baseball, basketball, volleyball. Okay. Can we go with something else here? And, but to be one person, or in your case, three, trying to get to everything is just insane at times. Right. Because, you know, and, because yeah. we're blessed with so many great athletes in this area. That's true. Now, I will say we were very fortunate, and I was very fortunate to inherit what I call a Hall of Fame team. You know, I have and Hall of Fame, I have Jim DeVoe, Hall of Fame, Mark Alstetter, who should be a Hall of Famer. And they were willing to do those other stories. Tom Usher loved doing soccer. Uh, Mark Alsetter, obviously the champion of the cross country, the track and field, and the wrestling. But as you said, stuff happens during the week that we have to miss. Alsetter would do cross country on Saturday, so we kind of limited that. So we tried to do the best we could in that aspect. But like I said, it's so tough for during the week. And of course, volleyball's in there as well. Well, because, and I don't want to say this, Usher and Naveau weren't, you know, too keen on covering volleyball. That it usually ended up being me covering volleyball, and Mark would do some. Now, they weren't opposed to it, but it just wasn't their, their strong point. So, yeah, to cover the amount of athletes that we have in that area is such a difficult task. And like I said, all good kids, you know, and all great kids, and you love to see them succeed, and you want to give them the attention that they deserve. But, you know, at some point, you know, with not enough staffing, you just can't do it. Now, you try to do other different things with photography and things and try to write feature stories. But even then, you just don't have the time to put out to write feature stories for about some of these kids. But as, as you well know, you know, these kids are some such tremendous athletes that at some point they're going to get their due, you know, uh, if, they're, if they're doing what they do. But it's also all the kids who don't get the headlines. That is tough to, and on occasion you want to highlight them during in some of your games. So yeah, the coverage is just you know, you know I love covering the sports and I love covering these athletes. You know, anyone likes to, anyone who wants to rest in the youth is ridiculous. I mean, we have such great kids out there, and uh, and tremendous. And I, and I have to thank Mark Alstetter for doing a great job. Tom Usher did, you know, they all did a tremendous job in promoting these athletes. You know, because that was their focus. You know, and. You know, like you said, people always obviously don't think we care, but believe me, if I spelled some of the kids' name wrong, that kept me up. <laughs> That's probably because I would night. text you at like one thirty in the morning. Well, yeah, that too. And guess who was awake? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because you just, you just regret it so poor, you know, so badly that you're like, wow, I wish I could go back. But when you have such an early deadline, and I'm not wanting to make excuses, we should never make excuses for that. I used to have an editing class where if you spell someone's name wrong, you got an automatic F no matter what. So, of course, that should be your top priority. But it happens. I'm human. It happens. And it's tough sometimes. And my my problem was I covered sports for so long there that oftentimes I'd put their brother's yep. name in instead yep. of them. And I was just like, oh, my God, how could I have done that? But those were relationships that I built, but those names get stuck in your head, you know. And so it was always so difficult. But, yeah, it was so tough. You did so. Believe me, folks. If you didn't think I had many sleepless nights, <laughs> I you don't understand. Have right? done that multiple times. I have told the story. I remember being calling soccer at OG one time, and I think they were playing Kaleida, 
and I kept saying a kid's name, and I I didn't realize that I was saying a kid that I had covered for four years instead of his cousin who was actually playing, and the kid whose name I kept saying DM'd me at halftime and was like, hey, uh, while I appreciate the shout-out, I think you actually mean my cousin. And I looked down, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my goodness. So yeah. I, I, But I owned it. I came back and said, you know, you have that ability to where you, you could screw something up while you're writing it and go, oh, okay, I caught that, this one before yeah. it went out. If I say it, I'm pretty much screwed. It's it's out there. And I just came back and said, hey, uh, I don't know what I did. I screwed up. Uh, I said the wrong kid. <laughs> I, yeah. I just wanted to shout him out, I guess, 40 times. Uh, well, but on the flip side of that, once it's in our paper, it's there forever. Yep. <laughs> and yours can be lost in the ether world, you know, the world. of. But, yeah, people will notice, but, you know, 20 minutes later, they – Okay, it's not out, you know, unless they go back and listen to your things, which I'm sure everybody does. Yeah, right. <laughs> your podcast. But but you put it in the paper, it's there. And believe me, you know, and of course, because we have so many people who, who want to read about it and read the newspaper and, of course, want to preserve it for life. And, of course, if a kid has the biggest play of their life and you botch their name, dear God, man. Yeah. It is just, you know, on both ends. So I'll apologize to anyone and everyone that I've missed their name. And here's a little story, if I have a little time. Uh, when I made, bragging a little here, when I got my photo when I was working for Ohio Northern University and I took the picture and it got in Sports Illustrated, guess who spelled my name wrong? Jose Nogunas. So, of course, I felt like, wow. <laughs> the greatest moment of my career. <laughs> right. And in Sports Illustrated, I'm thinking, oh, I got, I got my photo in Sports Illustrated, man, I'm the man. Jose Nogunas. So... <laughs> The people, I completely understand. Yeah, they'd be like, uh, I'm sorry. It just, see, it happens. But it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, like, I've said that to people before where I'll have, like, a mom or a dad text me, and I'm like, oh, my God, please tell me I didn't screw this up. Yep, yep, there it is. Like, yeah. I, okay, I guess at least now for newspaper folk, they get uh, the fact that you can always change the online version. Right. That's how we do have that nowadays. I but mean, uh, moms don't don't cut out online versions. Moms cut out, you know, the hard copy. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's. Uh, it is crazy though to think too, and you know, you talked a little bit about Tom Usher, and we just as we sit here and we record this, the Locos won their seventh championship last night, and uh, Nate Stidham got to cover that, and he's been doing Locos now on uh, the radio and on their streaming for a couple of years, and. I know that that was that was a, a kind of a weird thing because I think it's neat that the Locos win the first year after Tom passes away, but it's such an odd thing to now be looking at it. And when I think Lima Locos, my brain immediately says Tom Usher because, you know, and, and even I've heard people from the organization talk about it that, you know, the Locos aren't what they are if not for Tom Usher because he pretty much took that on and said, you know, hey, we don't have a lot going on in the summer. I want I want this to be a big thing. And I feel like a lot of people know them because of what he did and just kind of the way it happened, I thought I thought it was kind of a neat thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, he deserves all the accolades that he gets. I mean, he took on the Lima Locos like they were the Cincinnati Reds. And when I first got to uh, when the Reds the are Lima good. News, right, well, yeah. when the Reds are good, of course. 
But when I first got to the Lima News, and of course, Tom, I covered the Lima Locos even when I was with Wapak. I did some games then, and he was right there. But when I got to the Lima News, there was no, there was a file of nothing, and it was a good three feet long of the history of the Lima Locos. <laughs> he kept every stat, every you know, every story, everything that he did for the Lima Locos. Kept everything about them. I finally gave that give that over to the Lima Locos. I mean, it was their history. And like you said, it is because of Tom Usher that the people come out to the locals. If you ever go to another Great Lakes team, sure, there are some teams, but there is nothing like the Lima crowds that come out. I mean, you get on a bad night, you can get 300. Yeah, they're, you know, they're hoping for that beer strikeout. <laughs> they're out there because Tom made it a place to go and a fun place to go. And the way he covered them. You know, you want like, oh, yeah, this is pretty interesting. Oh, these kids can possibly make it to the MLB, you know. Sure, 1% probably make it to the MLB. But, man, this is fascinating. And it was because of Tom and the way he wrote and the way he covered them. Again, like he was covering an MLB game. So, you know, you can't – well-deserved to be put in the, you know, the Great Lakes Hall of Fame, you know, and that kind of thing. And it it is kind of a great tribute for them to to win the uh, championship you know, in this year. I mean, it's a shame he wasn't there to see it because, of course, he would have been just as excited as any player <laughs> or any person out there. The Locos, Jose, the Locos. Oh, you got to love Tom Usher. <laughs> I had known him for 30. I remember when I first met him, he came to Wapak. I was the Wapak Kinetic Sports Editor in 90, and I remember him coming to the first football game and sitting down, and immediately we hit it off. He was very nice, very cordial, always willing to help the younger reporters. But like you said, Always willing to repeat things. And here's the funny thing. Even when he texted, he did that, which was just hilarious because you could just see it. He would just repeat the same phrase, texting. And he thought, oh, you really don't have to do that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can only imagine because I had that a couple of times where I'm like, didn't he just send me that? Yeah. Like, could you uh, not text me twice? Thank you. Uh, he's so funny. He was such a great guy. I mean, he was heavily missed. I mean, that left and. You know, not because it's all about me, but he left such a huge hole, you know, when when he passed away. So, uh, yeah, it's just a tremendous guy. And the locals really missed him. And, you know, and I, you can understand the love for the locals when you start covering them. You become part of that, you know, that group up there. You become part of that media group. And it is a lot of fun. And, and you get caught up in it all. So, and I can understand why Tom loved it so much. So, yeah, and he just loved covering sports. And, again, and I said this before, he loved covering the area athletes. And he was, here's the thing, everyone knew Tom because he would show up almost at any event that he was going to cover an hour and a half to two hours before the game no, even started. three minutes before Mike Hearn. Right. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, Usually I'd see late. him pull in the parking lot or I'd see the bastard right. walking to the, and I mean right. that, by the way, in the nicest possible way because of course. it would tick me off because I'm like, how did he, what light did he not get that I got stuck at? <laughs> And yeah, and one of the reasons he did that is because he wanted to get some inside information and talk with the coaches and talk with some of the players and get to know them to make his story better. Not that he did it because of business, because he enjoyed it. You know, he reveled in that. He wanted to be a part of it. He wanted to know who these kids were. He wanted to know who these coaches were. He wanted to make the best possible story. So he'd be there an hour and a half. I remember working when I worked at ONU. You knew if he was coming or not. He'd be there an hour and a half before. They, hey, hey, how's it going? And then talk to everybody, and everyone liked him. You know, so he was a great guy. 
that's why you know I, I laugh because of the three people that I'm thinking of and it saddens me that kids now aren't going to get what a lot of the kids the last 10, 15, 20 years have had in that, you know, last couple of years we lost Vince Coza, we lost Aaron Matthews, and we lost, you know, a lot of things with those two. But then to turn around and lose Usher too, it's like that's there's three probably of the biggest champions of athletes that you'll ever find. Oh, for sure. And, you know, in our, our area especially, there's a group of media. We're all part of this media group, and we all have their, our little our little group, like, and we all gossip like, you know, like old women when we get up there and we all talk about you. But uh, for the most part, all of us are focused on giving the best possible coverage. And, of course, like you said, I knew Vince very well. I've been at his home. I used to know him very well. And, you know, whether you agree with how he covered or stuff, but, he was he was a great champion of the area, and of course Aaron Matthews. Of course, I knew him through LCC. He he was a friend, you know, my son. So, and again, like you said, just I don't want to say cheerleaders per se, but they were championing this, and they were it. They, it was a heavy loss when you lose guys like that, and like you said, some of that's lost when you get to you know when some of the media doesn't want to take the time out to learn learn the kids or learn the coaches or gain a relationship. I don't want to sound conceited or bragging, but when I first started, my first thing would be when I used to do a preview story is I would go to the school to visit the coach just to see them in person. And, you know, not that other people did that, but because I wanted to know who I was dealing with who, and I wanted to introduce myself and I wanted to establish that relationship. Like I respect you enough. I'm going to go out there and cover you, you know, and I'm going to go talk to you in person. And it'd only be five minutes. I drive all the way to Van work. <laughs> no, 30 minute drive for me, five minute interview. But I, I wanted to establish that. And that's something that I think gets lost a little sometimes. In the last two weeks, you've uh, stood outside of uh, huge arenas in Texas, the Alamo. You've been outside <laughs> the Liberty Bell, which apparently they still haven't fixed it, uh, where Washington crossed the Delaware. I mean, that's it's been a pretty good couple of weeks for you, right? Oh, it has, but you know what I miss, you know, and you hate to say this is I hate missing getting ready for the football season. This is the first time in, I'm going to say 30 years where I'm not writing a preview story or are talking to coaches or going out. I think today was the first day or tomorrow or today is the first day of football. I would always want to be out there just to get, okay, I got to get geared up like these guys do and preparing for that. And you miss that. Sure. I'm not working. Okay, yeah, I enjoy going to Philadelphia. I enjoy being here in San Antonio. But again, it's like I tell people, I lived in Ohio for 33 years, and there was nothing more exciting than getting ready, getting geared up for the football season or the basketball season, especially now. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm enjoying myself. But man, I can see all my fellow media brethren out there like, we got to get ready. We got to get do this. And you miss that. And you miss, I miss the relationship with the coaches. You know, I've developed a lot of them over the, you know, last 33s. It's only, it's only natural that that happens. And so, yeah, uh, and who's going to be good and what's going to happen this season? And, you know, sure, going to fish concerts, yeah, believe me, there ain't nothing better. But covering sports, yeah, that's even better. You know, it, it was, it's my job. It's what I did for 33 years. Even when I was at ONU for 15 years, 
I still covered football. I still covered sports on Friday night for the Kenton Times. So, you know, it's all, it's been a part of my life. And, you know, to not have that part of my life right now is difficult, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. You know, did I get to write two, two previous stories of Wapak and St. Mary's for the line leaders? Yeah. And guess what? Enjoyed every minute of it. Enjoyed talking to Coach Moyer and t- enjoy talking to Coach Fry. You know, those guys I've known forever and I respect them highly. So, yeah, and then that's when you get the itch, like, hey, I should be out there writing some more stories, but then you realize that eh, I've got a different life now, so you got to put that behind. <laughs> Will I write here? Hopefully. I mean, you can always, you know, start out joseintexas.com. <laughs> yeah, that's just not me. I'm too old for that kind of I mean, of- <laughs> I got to learn the internet. I just want to point out, uh, the, if by using what you're saying, the last time that uh, you were not covering high school sports this time of year, I was eight years old. <laughs> well, to actually put it back, I started actually in 88 when I was the sports editor of the San Marcos. All right, fine, I was six. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so it's hard, you know, it really is, but it has become a, a big part of your life. And so, yeah, it, you know, it's going to be tough. And I don't know what I'm going to do on a Friday night. <laughs> I don't know what happens on Friday night. I used to tell, tell people, I don't even, I never used to know what was on TV on Friday night, Friday or Saturday <laughs> Nothing night. Nothing good. I was always, right. It's and garbage. you're like, I just don't know what's going on. And then when you have that rare occasion when you were home on a Friday night, you're like, oh, I guess I'm not missing much. <laughs> I had a couple times where I got home before uh, like 930 last couple of years where like? Like, before we moved to Finley. <laughs> Where uh, like St. Mary's blew somebody out, and oh, yeah. I was home at like nine fifteen one night, and I was like, "What the hell is going on here? Like, what? <laughs> what is this? The news isn't even on." Uh, the luxury of being home before nine thirty. I usually get home. I don't know one one thirty in the early days when I didn't have a deadline at Wapak two two thirty in the morning. And of course, your favorite is when you do make a mistake on a Friday night, and that mom is calling you at eight a.m. in the morning to complain to yeah. you. I just went to bed. Now I get to hear you complain to me. The good news is Again. she waited till eight. Right. <laughs> For sure. Which was nice and of her. It was a little secret. I had to take my phone number out of the Wapak phone book because people just thought, I'm just going to call you at home and complain. And you're like, you know, I have a job. You can call me in my, when I'm at my job. But Monday. You can call me Monday. Oh, my Lord. Leave me alone. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I but- had to stop going to the supermarket. <laughs> Well, now you can just, you know, have people bring you your food. Right. Well, to call it supermarket, just goes to show you how old I am. Well, I, I just assumed that you were supermarket sweeping. <laughs> Love that show. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, even the new one, it's not as good. No, it's not, definitely not as good. But it is, it is kind of interesting because as we sit, we're just a little over three weeks before high school football begins in Ohio. And if you figure it out, You've got about three hours and ten minutes to uh, to get here before practices start. I know there's a couple of midnight practices tonight uh, as we get into <laughs> August, but uh, it's just it's crazy to me because to look around the area and it, so many things have changed. Some guys have moved further north. Some guys have taken jobs further south, and I can truly say I, I give you a lot of crap, but I truly will miss you up here and running into you and running into you in random places where I thought you were on the complete other side of six counties and just saying, why are you here? People are going to hate this. 
<laughs> no, it, again, it goes back to some games you just feel that people need coverage. And, uh, I, you know, my philosophy always with the media and dealing with people, because, again, I love talking to the, the, all the people in the media and helping out, trying to help out the young guys because I was there once. But I also see it as we're all in the same boat, you know, so to speak. Now, if you do a better job than me, more power to you. I'm not here to scoop you. I'm just here to... You know, I just want it to be just a, a good, nice environment. Like I said before, most of us all get along up there. You know, we have our one or two guys we all know who are up there that don't get along. But for the most part, everyone gets along. And it's fun to hear the insights from other people and understand what's going on and get information from other people and, you know, become friends. You know, you, you get a lot of friends through that. And you learn from them as well as, you know, you learn from uh, – yourself that hey this guy is doing this or this person is doing that and like you said and when we first met you know sure you give me crap hey i found that justified and a lot of people oh well, mike you know he, he's this or he's that and i'm like yeah that's who he is <laughs> so as long as i know who he is i don't care what he says right. i respect what he does i enjoy what he does but i know who he is he doesn't change he doesn't do things different he, I've not made it a secret. I've made it's not a secret no. over the year. If I don't make fun of you, I don't like you. Right, and that, I, <laughs> I have that same philosophy. My my philosophy is always this: if I'm not talking to you, I don't like you. But if I'm talking to you and telling you stuff, then you better believe that I'm on your side. And you know, again, with the younger people, that's what you want to do. Because let's face it, they they come up there and all of a sudden they see a bunch of old guys up there and they're like, oh, uh oh. Yeah. You know, but hey, I'll welcome you in as long as you're willing to respect what I do. I respect what you do. We're all in this to do the same thing. You know, I know a lot of people were upset that people like yourself or the the internet radio has invaded our world. Hey, they're out there to do a job. You know, they're doing a job just like we are. This is the new way. The news, the the newspaper isn't the number one anymore. We're not the the you know uh, the people that are also giving information. People are getting it other ways. So let's embrace that instead of chastising. You know, do I do I care sometimes that you I wouldn't get a seat in the press box to some internet person does? Yes, that chats you sometimes, of course. You gotta be honest about that. But at the same time, hey, they're doing their job and they're actually paying money to be up there. So you know, it puts schools in a quandary sometimes, especially during the playoffs, is like, well, this person these radio people are spending X amount of dollars, newspaper people are free. Okay, I get it. That doesn't make it any make me any happier, but I get it. But I'm not going to hold that against the person who's actually trying to do their job. Right. And so that's why I was a champion of like, yeah, the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. As long as you're not just some guy with a cell phone just screaming at everybody in the press box. No comment on that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody outside. More people can hear that guy in the press box, I think. But oh, uh, well, you know how it is. Hey, uh, hey we I, <laughs> I want to ask you this because there's obviously we joke about this a lot, but um, with you comes the fact that you're a Reds fan. Uh, <laughs> getting next to the trading deadline, which is coming up rapidly, are you worried or are you happy? I mean, the Reds haven't really done anything of note in terms of where they're at to whether to to show whether they're buyers or sellers, but. I mean, is this a better season so far than you expected? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we never expected anything like this. And if you're a Red fan and you understand that, 
and you say otherwise, then you're a moron because we've had to endure the Reds for a lot of years. I think that was had, the that was a different guy at the Reds that said something about Reds fans being morons. Oh yeah, well let's not talk about that. But, oh, and as yeah, I say I that, see, by the way, they acquired a uh, a lefty reliever from Oakland. Right, it is what we need, and uh, yeah, uh, it's exciting to be part of. It. I wish I were there to go to more games. I can have tickets to the Friday game. <laughs> Oh, see how much I really miss it. And of course, you know, I've been to 33 straight opening games, opening days. So it's just one of those things where, yeah, the Reds, I'm, I'm comfortable where they're at. I thought they were going to unload uh, Jonathan India because he was one of those pieces that was, okay, that's a commodity that other teams might want, a middle infielder who can hit. He's obviously a great player. Would I be upset? Of course, because I think India is part of the chemistry of that team. And, I think there's definitely a correlation between India slumping and in the trade talks because I think he obviously got a wind of it because obviously he's one of the pieces that they're going to get. You know, let's face it, they're not going to get rid of any of the young guys, uh, Cruz, McLean, any of those guys. And the Reds realize, hey, we're packing them in now. We're getting forty thousand. If we make a playoff run, that's people that are going to be more in the stands than if we just fall behind. So sure, they want to get more pitching. You know, so of course they want to trade India. You know, I, I, I talked to them while we were in the Lima Locos uh, press box, you know, about two months ago. And I was saying that India is the number one trade commodity because now, would I be happy if they don't trade them? For sure. But of course, you know, it's hard to find a spot for them at this point with McLean, Dela Cruz, all those guys, you know, hitting. So I hope they win. I don't think they have enough to win the World Series. I mean, obviously, I hope they make the playoffs if Lodolo and Green actually come back from their injuries in August. We have a legitimate shot, but our bullpen is just overworked. You can tell that. I mean, how long is Buck Farmer going to really last? Or Cruz or all those guys. They're just, their arms are probably ready to fall off. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Well, Hunter Green and Lodolo are both supposed to be back before the end of August. Yeah, supposed to be. Uh, hey, that's perfect timing, too, by the way, because the 24th through the 27th, the Reds are uh, 980 miles from your doorstep in Arizona. Uh, yeah, I'll be getting in my car and spending 12 hours driving in Texas in the last five. I read 14, so maybe you're you're speeding, yeah. but... I'm not right. Really well, I've made that. that trip before. I went to the national championship game at Get Rag and national uh, the Ohio State national championship game in 2002, and I picked up my brother in Dallas, and we drove from Dallas to to Phoenix, and it took us about 19 hours with 14 being in Texas and the rest being, you know, New Mexico and Arizona. So yeah, it's a haul. But I've already looked at next year. The Reds play the Rangers in April 26th. So. I'll probably be there. Or I'll probably come back to Ohio and go to opening day. You know, that's kind of my tradition. I mean, why the heck not? Uh, yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're something. I can't even talk about baseball right now. I'm just I'm just going to let it go. Um, <laughs> I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm glad we were finally able to set this up. Yeah. No, I enjoy you, Mike. And you know I'm going to miss you guys immensely, and especially you, because I highly respect what you do and what you do for the kids and, you know, we have kind of a similar philosophy, and we, well, kind of we have a lot of similar philosophies, but that's not really what we're going to talk about. Right. <laughs> no, it's not here. You know yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you uh, 
and I'm going to miss all those guys up there. And, uh, you know, I'm going to miss the season and see how they develop. And, you know, miss the WBL especially and miss the NWC and the NWCC, which I was called an apologist for. I just love it. And there is nothing like that first game on Friday night. The band comes out. There is no greater feeling than going, this is why, you know, this is what I live for, so to speak. This is why I do this, you know, for a living. I- little pay, little anything, but. I can just see you on your phone opening night just uh, listening to a game and taking notes. And then just out of force of habit, just, oh, I don't need that. Oh, believe me, I'll follow on Twitter and (laughs) look at all the scores. And, you know, I know you'll be tweeting out there. And, you know, I'll be listening to a couple of games. I'll be be Xing. (laughs) I'll be Xing, just so you know. (laughs) I don't want that guy to come after me. No doubt. Whatever. So, All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thank hey, you so Mike. much. No, thank you. That's Jose. Back with some more here and in just a few. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well, then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. For the last couple of years, the uh, guest on this podcast has been the uh, voice of the Lima Locos. It has been all aboard on the uh, train ride through the uh, GLSCL, culminating in a championship just a couple of days ago in the well-traveled Nate Stidham. And is it crazy to think, I mean, that was, you know, kind of a a thing you were offered, and now you've gotten to see it come to fruition and see this team mature this year and come away with their seventh title? Yeah, it was a a really fun thing to be asked to come back for a second year. Last year, I was able to get the opportunity to start calling these games. And uh, this year, I actually got to work with one of the interns that they brought in and kind of got to – mentor and work with him throughout the season and that that really become a lot of fun and then you throw a pretty good baseball team out there as well the locos they from start to finish i think the top two teams in the north division were pretty well solidified with muskegon starting like 11 and 0 12 and 0 the locos they had a great start nobody was really close to them so they didn't have to worry about anybody behind them all year and they could kind of just focus on themselves and i mean you and i both know chad ernsberger and we knew immediately when the Locos made that transition last year, bringing in Chad Ernsberger, that, that, that's going to be a good move. That's probably not going to be a very negative thing. And Chad come in, did exactly what he was expected to. He brought the great connections that he has, that he's built throughout his many years within high school, collegiate, and professional baseball. Chad knows, I think, about anybody in every conference, it seemed like. So he was able to get some new kids in there. We had Michael Tackett from Florida State, and that was the first Florida State kid that we were able to get. And they, they were just able to bring in a lot of pieces, and they gelled so well. And to watch them progress throughout the entire season, and especially when it came down to crunch time, they went 4-0 in the postseason. That hasn't been done in a couple of years in the GLSTL. And it was it's a really fun, fun moment to be able to go down and travel with the team to Xenia uh, last, see, what was it, last Sunday. And that was the first game that we've got to do on the road. So to come home with a championship was pretty special. Well, and it's kind of crazy because, you know, obviously we've known Chad. I've known Tyler Anderson for a long time. His uh, bullpen coach or his pitching coach. And 
to get to see the local guys come through there. I mean, you had a couple guys from Lima throughout the course of the season. That roster kind of turns over because of pitch counts and coaches and training. And I think that's one of the hardest things because you're kind of constantly playing with an all-star team of, hey, are they going to get to 20 wins? All right, now you're a three seed. And it's kind of, it's just cool to see really too the community take on kids that they don't know. But once they put that Lima jersey on, they become their own. Yeah, that's what a lot of people, I don't even know if they realize what the summer league is. A lot of these players, they need host families. So a lot of families around our area step up and they house these, they house these kids for the summer. And that also helps build team camaraderie because you've you got a lot of the host families that know each other. So it's a little bit of a team building thing as well. But you can bring in different pieces like Landon Price. We had come in from Lincoln View, started out dominating season, went through a transfer moving from Ohio State to Ohio, and he left his time in Lima grateful and excited, and it was a such a cool thing to be able to see LP back in action out on the mound. We got to cover him for quite a few years, and same with same with Tyler and Chad. I, I feel like my first, I want to say the first summer, maybe the second summer that I actually had started broadcasting, we had started covering Van Ward Acme, and that Chad was the first coach when that program had come back. And him, Tyler, and Abe, it's just a collective group that continues to work together. So to see Chad and Tyler go from coaching Van Ward Acme to winning a championship with the Locos and getting to be a tiny part of telling that story, it was a a pretty cool full circle moment. I know when they won in 19, my wife and I were there at Simmons Field, and I remember – one, trying to beat the parking uh, lot out of the stadium because it's just insane. Uh, but, the, I mean, people go there. They have a great time, and obviously they're hoping for that uh, strikeout player of the game because they used to get free-ish beer. Now they get a dollar off. But, I mean, yeah, you- that's like that. That's such a cool thing. about. I don't think people realize just how good, and I've always heard people say, well, there's nothing to do in Lima. Well, there is, but you just have to be willing to look around a little bit. Well, I mean, it's a really affordable place to go in, in an evening. I think it's five bucks for an adult. Kids get in free. Concessions are affordable. And it's, it's good base. It is good quality baseball. It's not just a little league thrown together. All these kids are in collegiate baseball, and they're striving to get to that next level. A lot of these kids that come through, you see them go – you see him come in, like for Jaden Davis is a prime example of a kid that they had come in last year. He was a high school exception. He graduated in mid, late July. He went, he was from Tennessee. Come in about two weeks later, committed to Sanford, had an amazing summer. Went through a great spring with Sanford. He's now switched to Vanderbilt. So that's, those are the kind of guys that you get in this league that are striving to get to that next level. They're at the collegiate level, but they're looking for those big opportunities and they come in there and they leave it all out on the line. And on a typical night at Simmons Field, you get at least, I think the fewest attendance number I've seen was above 200. And you get anywhere from three to 500 people when they're on a weeknight. It's, it's an amazing, it is an amazing environment. And it's cool because Craig Stammen obviously was with the Padres and the Nationals from Versailles. He was a loco for a while. Casey Schrader from Ottawa Glendorf, who uh, went through the White Sox organization. Art Warren, who was with the Cincinnati Reds. And then the one that I always jump to when people say Locos and immediately comes into my mind is Kyle Lewis, who's an outfielder for the Seattle Mariners. 
And in 2020, he was the American League Rookie of the Year. And that's not something to take lightly because, I mean, we knew he was going to be a stud. Connor Curlis, who was at Ohio State, who's in the uh, Reds organization at one point, Ross Adolph, who I've actually seen myself in high school. And you get those local, hyper-local kids mixed in with all of these kids coming in with this high pedigree, and it's usually a pretty good summer of 20 wins or more at Simmons Field. Yeah, that's, that's what the Locos do. We, I, I got to talk to Chad after the game and get some interviews for the morning show. And uh, just, he said he said right away when he come in day one, his expectation is championship or bust. And not only is that his expectation, it's the Locos tradition. And got to talk to a couple of players, uh, Mason Sawyer, he ended up being the MVP of that championship game. He's committed to Ohio State, trying to win that winning, that starting catching role, heading into next spring. Had a home run and two doubles, and he talked in the game afterwards. You put on this jersey, you look down and you see Lima, and you can feel the history when you put these jerseys on. When he come to town, it was all he heard about between the players. Now, granted, his host dad is the GM of the team, so he gets a little bit more history lessons when it comes to the Locos, but these kids come to Lima and they put those jerseys on with pride and it definitely paid off and they can call themselves champions for the seventh time. And I've always laughed because, you know, we get kids we're blessed from Lima, from Defiance, from St. Mary's, from Finley, who are obviously familiar with the area. Caden Arn from Bell Fountain and he's right up the road at BG. But you get kids from Texas, South Carolina, Tucson, Arizona, I mean Florida for this year. Albany, New York, or Albany, Indiana, Orlando, Texas, Wisconsin. I, it's just, it's such a neat melting pot. And I know there's something a little bit deeper because we've talked about it with this being the first year without Tom Usher, who to me, and Jose and I talk about this on the earlier part of this podcast, that that's Lima Locos baseball right there. And he was inducted this year. And, you know, that, that I thought was such a cool thing, but. I mean, how different was that this year of not having someone yell at you, Arn, Arn, Nate, it was Arn, you know, and just it was, not having him it around. It was saddening. It was saddening. It, it, there, I don't know that there was many games that his name did not get brought up in some, some way or fashion. And it was, it was a special season back when, uh, I think it was July 24th, they had a Tom Usher Day, what they labeled it. They honored him, the uh, commissioner from the GLSTL come, and they had inducted Tom into the Hall of Fame. And every every time you walk up the press box into Simmons Field, right at the very top of the stairs, they have the Hall of Fame plaque that Tom was awarded, and they have a picture of Tom. And it's it's almost a it's almost like you know how football teams will go out on the field and they tap the sign, play like a champion today, all that hoorah. It, it's, you almost get that same feeling when you walk into the press box because you see Tom Usher, a guy that was such a vocal point. Probably the reason the Locos are as big as they are in our area. He's covered them since the team's beginning up until he passed away. It, it, it's almost like you can't walk past that picture and not feel obligated to come in and do the absolute best you can and have fun with what you were doing. That's what Tom was all about. And we heard stories after stories after stories all throughout the season. Even at the All-Star Game, I was able to do down at Prasco Park. They honored three very special individuals, but Tom Usher was one of them. Lou Brunswick was another. There were both people that I had personal remembrance of, and it was 
a special part to be able to honor kind of Tom's legacy throughout this summer, especially locals come home with a championship. And I was able to write the championship article for the Lima News, which was was a mind-blowing thing, really, in the grand scheme of things to me. But to be able to do something that Tom Usher used to do, I, I sat down and I I put everything I had into that article because I knew that I wanted it to be half of what Tom could do. And that was the kind of guy that he is, and that's the legacy that he lived or left. And it's up to guys like us to continue to carry his amazing legacy and yell out very random loud <laughs> things in press boxes. And make sure everybody's on their toes. I I kind of laughed uh, when I saw the Hall of Fame thing. I thought, well, yeah, I mean, that's like when, uh, you know, the pro wrestling WWE opened their Hall of Fame. Andre the Giant was in the first class, and it was made to honor Andre the Giant. And I just kept thinking, like, if there's a Hall of Fame that Tom Usher's not in, it's just kind of the Hall of, as a friend of mine would say, very good. Because you're you're kind of missing the gold statue at the end. Yeah, there's not too many people that did it like Tom Usher, and he was definitely still talked about, and his presence was felt all summer long. Now we're gonna get that uh, with football season, and I'll, I'll miss seeing him show up in St. Mary's and just yell random things at me about St. Mary's. But uh, I'm telling you, he, he he's a lifesaver. If if the team ever has multiple quarterbacks or a team that substitutes <laughs> a lot. Or Expensville, for example, when they've been running the wing T offense, you get three running backs back there. Tom might have been the oldest guy in the press box, but he had the best eyes out of anybody, and he was the first one to shout out anything that was needed, and you, you can't not appreciate him. He was he was a joy to be around. <laughs> I I always laugh because, uh, you know, I always tell everybody, they say, uh, what, is, uh, what is it you think of Tom that I said he's, he's this beautiful curmudgeon? Because, and I meant, I always mean that in like the nicest way because I, I love the dude and it was just crazy where I was like, I appreciate it because you know where you stand. If he doesn't like you, he's, he's not going to help you out. You know, he, he might give you something once in a while, but you're going to know where you stand. And, And I've kind of always gotten along with him maybe for that reason, but I just, uh, it's just crazy, you know, to, to kind of see how it ended with a championship this year, and it was so cool for the area. And I typically got always asked the question, where's Hearn at? Covering the OGs? The OGs, Nate. The OGs. <laughs> um, speaking yes, of sir. coming up in the fall, this is another year where, uh, for people who maybe don't know or not, uh, Nate Driven, by the way, Twitter, Nate Sidham underscore, cheap plug. Uh, NateSinem.com, also, by the way. I like to plug people's things and make sure that uh, people know what's going on. Or just pick up a newspaper. Well, uh, uh, pick up a website, I guess, I should say. Anything with a QR code device. (laughs) That's right. Uh, But another year where, uh, do you know, do you remember or know what year it is? Uh, Obviously, doing now Spencerville football, doing uh, a lot of things on Z Sports 3 that... uh, I mean, I know how that came about, but we'll tell that story in a second. But do you do you know what exact year this is? This is going into the sixth-ish year that we have covered a lot of Spetsville, but it will be year number five of officially covering all ten Spetsville football games. So it's it's an exciting time. We got a little bit of uh, changes coming to the broadcast crew, which does come with. A little bit of sadness, but also excited for 
a little bit of change and to see what uh, we can do on that aspect. It's still another season of 10 plus football, hopefully 10 plus football games. We've got 18 other uh, boys, girls, soccer, volleyball games sprinkled in there as well. But yeah, it's year number five already, believe it or not. Well, what's crazy to think about to me as we tape this is that my first game is two weeks from today. Yep, mine was two weeks from yesterday. I mean, I have, uh, I think it's a Miller City Centerville soccer game, if I, sounds if right. I remember correctly. I'll believe it. it is August 15th. No, it's actually Centerville at Jefferson Girls Soccer. I mean, I'll believe it. That's, uh, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, we go backwards and look a little bit. Uh, people who maybe are not familiar with you and uh, are not paying attention, because, uh, I'm trying to change that. That's kind of the whole point. This is long overdue for us to be able to do this, but um, it's not the first time you've been on here because we've run some stuff, some couple of things that you had actually done, but we kind of start this journey maybe a little bit different than a lot of people maybe get their journey started with uh, broadcasting as a whole. Yeah, I uh, you want me to go into the story of how it actually all like? I mean, that's up to you. What part of the cupboard you want to open up? Well, I guess it can really go to uh, really one of my one of my most favorite one of the quotes that I've really I think fallen in love with over the last couple of years is a simple quote, but a simple idea can grow into a mighty and magical dream come true, and. I read that often. It's in my Facebook bio. So I, 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 I put it somewhere so I see it often because it just it gives you that idea where any kind of little idea that you have, you never know what could happen or where it could turn into. And I, would, I literally would not be where I am at today if I would not have started a random Twitter account solely over Spencerville football. All I did was tweet out scores, updates every Friday night, and here I am. Nothing else fancy happened in between. <laughs> right. That's exactly. Yeah, one, one day. That's exactly how it went. Um, but it's funny because. Uh, the, but no. I, I didn't start to tell a story because someone's going to send me a message and tell me I'm, I'm saying this because I want you to say nice things about me. That's not why I'm saying this. What I'm doing is giving context of. Someone, I live by kind of a simple mantra, uh, kind of the same thing of someone once did for you in that someone, God rest his soul, once gave me an opportunity, actually gave me about three of them when I was 15, 16 years old. And then uh, I got another opportunity when I was 24, 25 years old to do play by play. And I pretty much just was like, this is what I do now. And uh, I've always been of the belief of paying it forward, no matter what that means. And we went back and forth and kind of conversed through this Twitter account that we were talking about. And it was like, hey, man, you know, maybe I'd like to try broadcasting. And it just so happens that kind of in the same confluence of timing that I went from doing all kinds of different games. We are doing Spencerville games, Columbus Grove games, Otto Glendorf games with then just Z Sports Live as we branched into WZOQ and uh, 
had kind of transitioned into a second opportunity of doing St. Mary's football. And I wasn't going to be able to obviously be in two places at one time. And, and Nate, you know, had kind of had reached out about that. And we had talked for a while and we set him up. really went back and forth about it. We pretty much ended up going, I'm going to pick you up and throw you in the deepest water that I can find. And you're either going to swim to shore or you're going to sink. And, you know, it, it's probably one of those things you listen to and laugh at now of, thank God I've gotten better, but it obviously, you know, long-term has worked out. Yeah, I remember you threw me pretty far into the deep end, but it was in, in the best way possible. It was, it was a small opportunity that I was I, – I remember we had that conversation, I think, probably a week prior that Centerville and Columbus Grove game, and I had I had fought myself so hard back and forth, back and forth. Like, man, I don't, I'm too nervous. I can't, I can't do this. This, this isn't me. And but then there was something over my shoulder that just kept saying, "You've wanted this your entire life." I remember. You can ask many of my family members. Literally, growing up as a kid, I would walk into a room and they would go, "Dunna na, because I'm coming in and I'm not going to give you any bit of valuable information. I'm going to tell you something sports related. And then I'm going to tell you about something else sports related. That was all I cared about going through kids or growing up as a kid, going through school. It was my lifeline. So with some encouragement from other people, it was just do it. What, what is the worst that can happen? Somebody listens to it and says, you sound funny. Well, that happens regardless when you're having a normal conversation. So just send it. You'll have some fun. Do what you do. And it was a special it was cooler because I think it made it easier to do that because it was a Columbus Grove game. And you personally know how the connection I have with the Spencerville and Columbus Grove games with my grandpa, him being a former Grove graduate. And every year growing, growing up that game, the loser, so Spencerville lost, I had to buy lunch. If Grove lost, he had to buy lunch. Spoiler, it didn't matter who won ever. Grandpa always bought the lunch because that's how he was who would beat you up if you tried to pay the bill. So I got that. I had that in the back of my mind. Like, let's go do this. Let's go do this Spencerville Grove game, see what happens. And then I did it. Thought it was, I mean, me probably being naive is possible. I was like, that wasn't too bad. I think I'm pretty good at this stuff. I think I can do this. And I got to do a Spencerville Delphus Jefferson game a couple of weeks later with Dave, and then we did Lipstick Pixville. And then it just kind of went off from there. I remember the first basketball game I got to do uh, was with you at the Fort, the Centerville Fort Jennings game. Brandon Weary was playing back in the good old days. Those kind of kids. That's the day we met Greg Nikas. Yes, and I remember just just being so invested and so committed to it. And it was a a lot of conversations, I think, spent in the car with you because you were basically my transportation. Thanks. Thank the Lord you never made me pay mileage or anything like that. Well, you'll be getting a bill. I'd still be paying you. You'll be getting a bill. But those those valuable conversations, those long car rides, just getting to learn the nuances, the small parts, the things that that work, the things that don't work, what you did wrong, what you've seen growing up. And I I tell you what, you, you get more signed to me than anybody else probably do, but... It's amazing now to 
see how many, how much of my situation emulates towards what you had said, and basically giving me the the roadmap to everything to expect. This is what's going to happen. This is how people are going to feel. This is what you need to do, and it's it's really helped me handle every situation that I've continued to get myself into. And the more opportunities that arise, I feel like I'm better suited for those because of all the five years of the help that I got from you and you, as you said earlier, was paying it forward like Matthew's did with you. Well, and, and you know, it's it's something that I've, I've talked to, you know, many play-by-play guys about, about you want to bring somebody along and you want to, you know, be able to help someone who is truly passionate about what you're doing. And I, I saw that, and I said, all right, now, if I could tell him ten things and he, he picks off maybe two or three of them, all right, we we might be okay here. And it's just like you're in the car. I always liken it to wrestling because in the car, everybody says you're the greatest thing you can do is sit down and shut up and just listen and soak up all these things. And, I mean, I've done that for years with other people and find myself doing stuff, but – we go through that and, you know, there's a little bit where you're doing lipstick football and kind of letting things grow that way and learning some things, maybe learning what works, what doesn't work and growing into what is now what you've turned into multiple other opportunities. It's, oh man, you brought up lipstick and that was like, talk about a throwback. What, what do they do that on Tuesdays or Thursdays? Throwback. Tuesday, Thursday. I think you can do it any day now. That, those those were the longest. Those are probably one of the longest days that I've had in the business. When I was doing those games in Lipstick, you know, I was living in Spencerville. That's an hour drive from Lipstick to the Ville. And so you're getting home about 12 o'clock or so. At that time, that's when I was working at 4 in the morning on the weekends. I was, I was doing it to myself. But it was it was never questioned like, man, I don't know. I got to work in the morning. I don't know if I want to go do this. It's, it's a business that will grab you and take a hold of you really quick. And it, I couldn't think of a better thing to be doing with my time. It's a, it's a blast. Oh yeah. I always see, say it's the greatest and the worst work, drug. I, I could agree with that. It's, it's addicting and it's, but it's a good thing. It's a satisfying thing because just for like the locos, for example, they to be able to go through that season and then see it pay off in the way that it did with the people around you and in that team and organization, it felt like a wholesome moment. You got a lot of friends in that circle and to see everybody be able to celebrate and extend that excitement, it goes it goes a lot more than just a game of baseball. All right, I want to ask you a thing. Okay, Spencer Will's coming off a one and nine year. They have a new head coach who's been an assistant. He knows the the program. He's got, uh, obviously, a couple of things to try to change. He's got a couple of guys back to help out. Great pedigree, a Marion local guy, and I believe has a state championship as a player, and brings kind of maybe a different outlook with looking at that, kind of being around the program and being around Kyle for a little bit. I mean, what's the feeling on how they're going to be this year? I've I've only got to talk to Kyle a little bit. I I uh, seen him at Summerfest, and I've been uh, talking to him a lot more here over the last couple of days, getting preview information. But he's he's excited. He's upbeat. The program as a whole is 
excited heading into the season. Obviously, not what anybody had anticipated uh, last year. Spencerville going one and nine, and then ultimately with the coaching change as well. But they they do bring a lot of big pieces from that. Nathan Colter comes back. He was just under a thousand yards receiving last year. Carter Lehman. He was really a multi-piece tool that the Bearcats were able to use. He's probably going to get a lot of reps at running back and. They got another sensible kid coming. Have you heard about the sensible kids? Did you know that they're pretty athletic and are pretty good is at their dad a de- decent athlete? Is that what happened? Yeah. So they're already got one or Will Simpson, Owen Sensible. And then they'll have Will up there as well. And I it it's gonna be a I don't I don't know that I can come out and say this, but I don't think anybody in Centerville is really expecting a Northwest Conference title run it this year. I think everybody's kind of under the understanding that it is some sort of a rebuilding unit. you got to get some pieces. you got to learn this new offense. A new team comes in. But it's an it's an experienced team like you talked about. Kyle Canning comes, or, yeah, comes with a ton of pedigree. Anytime you can bring a coach that has been instilled in that Marion local system for so long and actually got to play with Tim Goodwin, one of the best coaches in the state of Ohio, hands down, you're going to bring that experience with you. You're going to bring valuable pieces with you to your program. He's also got Joel Goodwin coming over to join the assistant coaching staff. And then they bring back all the other normal ones like Garrett Goki, Rick or Cole Roberts, all the guys that have been there in the system that know the kid, know Spencerville. And Canning, he's been around a couple of years too. It's not like he's just coming in into town. He's been around these kids for a couple of years and they got a scrimmage coming up, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. And then we get the ball rolling. Head up to Ridgemont on the 18th for week one. It's crazy, again, that we're just talking about football is two weeks away. Um, I know. Uh, somebody somebody asked me if I wanted to go to the Reds game coming up here in a couple of weeks. And I said, um, actually, now that I think about it, this is the last Friday coming up that I have open <laughs> until like um, April. Sometime in March so, or April, yeah. <laughs> So probably not. Yeah, I, I think, at, least, at least on a Friday. I tell everybody, uh, give me a couple weeks and uh, I'll be busy until next July. Um, yeah, they just kind of look at me funny. So I don't know well, what you want. Um, you look if, at if you know, you know. Almost, uh, it's got. I mean, it's got to be right. We got to be almost close to a decade. Like it feels like. I mean, you've been out of school, you know, long enough, but. As you go on through all of these years, I mean, what immediately jumps out to you when you look back at it through the the microphone prism? Just, uh, I actually thought about this in case you asked me this earlier, and I didn't. I couldn't really come up with any particular game or call or moment or anything that actually particularly stands out as like the most amazing thing or feeling that I've done. I just think it's, I, I think it's really just as a whole opportunity and getting to know the people and networking with the people that you get to meet in this business. You get to work with, you get to be friends and on the good side of people like you and Jose and Todd Walker and Kenny Stabler and guys that have dominated our business for years to get to be able to associate them and do the same thing that they get to do and learn from them. I, it continues to to build what I do every day and the people that I have really in the back back corner rooting for me is 
why I do what I do because you don't you don't want to let those guys down. It's a it's a privilege and an honor to be able to call the Central Games. That's a very cool thing. That's something that we talked about when we first started. When I first started coming around, I remember specifically sitting in the press room at the Schottenstein Center during the girls' basketball state tournament, just throwing around ideas. What if what if we could do all Central Games? Dave, what do I have to do to make this happen? And as a collective unit, we've we've all been able to get that done. And to be able to head into year number five and to see Z Sports regrow like it's grown continuously, it's it's an overwhelming feeling, but it's a very it's a very solidifying feeling, and that's what keeps us doing what we do. Okay, this is where I give everybody the opportunity. What uh, go ahead and plug so people can find you. Uh, well, I don't have a whole lot going on. Pretty boring on the social media aspect, but Twitter. For the next two weeks. Uh, as you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but at Nate Sidham underscore. I, I've been dabbling a little bit. Oh, wait. I can't. Is that back Threads? See, I can't give Are you, you on my threads? TikTok. No, I can't give you my TikTok information without <laughs> TikTok playing. So oh. ignore that, but. I've been dabbling a little bit in a TikTok. I'll put some of my favorite things up there and a lot of stuff that I'm doing. That's just at Nate Stidham. Uh, follow Z Sports 3 on a Twitter and Facebook. and Stay up to tune with any Bearcat information. That's about all I am good for. It Bearcat is my uh, my personal mission. For, for sports day. My personal mission for uh, you to go from 896 followers on Twitter to over 1,000. I've I looked at that number the other day and I was like, man, it would be it would be cool if I could just see like that. I was number. I'm that nerd that I was over the moon the first time that the right column was more than the left column. Well see, if you look at it, I purposely keep that I keep the following lower than the followers. I've done that too, it's, but I the first time it, I it got makes, to, to double I was like, it makes oh, you look that's better. awesome. Right. It also makes me feel it like makes a jerk, cooler. but that's that's a whole other thing. But there's only sixteen other only sixteen person difference. Well, I mean, for now, the go, the run to a thousand starts now. Well, whenever this this comes out. Well, you can have <laughs> all my uh, you can have all my commission checks if it reaches a thousand. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go write that down. But uh, you know, again, I'm I'm obviously happy for the continued success you've had. I'm proud of you know what you're doing and what. Uh, continues to do not only for you for the community and all that and i i'm i'm grateful we finally got to do this i am too i was, i told somebody the other day i said i think i was in part of like the discussion to name this podcast and i still john rawlings did it though i remember the conversation it was a facebook poll i believe but, it was a lot of polls yes no it was it, it was excited to finally get on here and uh of course i appreciate everything you've done for me and my career and will continue to do for me. There's there's not a question I'm not afraid to bounce off of you, and that, that speaks a lot about you, and I appreciate it. Some of them I even answer nicely. Some of them. Oh. I get an answer, just whether it's a nice one or the one I want. It, That's what I said. It depends on the question. All right. That's enough. At Nate Stidham underscore. Go follow him. Find him at NateStidham.com. Read and listen. That's what I've got. Uh, Coming back with more here in just a few. 
Be more wild. Are you tired of sitting around at home this summer? Bring your family and come down to the African Safari Wildlife Park located in Port Clinton, Ohio. We have giraffe, zebra, bison, and much more. So skip the lines at the amusement park and come experience the safari for yourself. Are you tired of the normal zoo experience? Looking for an exciting way to see animals up close? Take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the signs. Just 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed Jose and Nate's takes on their careers and kind of where they are and where they're going and just uh, really catching up with both. I wanted to have both on for a long time and really just hadn't worked out until now. But, uh, again, I enjoyed it. I hope that you did as well. Uh, high school previews coming up next week and uh, hopefully a couple of episodes as well before we get the uh, fall season kicked off in less than two weeks for everything but soccer. And I neglected to say volleyball earlier, and I was staring right at it. But a lot of teams expected to be uh, pretty good in the area. We'll talk about all of those and uh, so much more as we roll on. Have a great night and even better tomorrow, wherever you are, wherever you may be. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.